Hello and welcome. My name is Mason and this is Mace on Movies. Today we are continuing our journey through Ghibli, which we started last week with Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, uh, which was the first film released by Studio Ghibli, although it was not produced there. This week we are getting into the film that was the first to actually be produced by Studio Ghibli, and that is Castle in the Sky, or its Japanese title, Tenku no Shiro Raputa, uh, which is basically, once again, a direct translation. Uh, tenku means sky, uh, Shiro is castle, and the additional word there, Raputa, is just the, uh, just the name uh, of that land. Uh, so there you go, Japanese and English uh, for the title there. And once again, this was directed by Hayao Miyazaki, uh, or as he's known in Japan with the family name first, Miyazaki Hayao. And Castle in the Sky, which was released in 1986, tells the story of a young girl named Shita who falls from the sky with this magic crystal and is discovered by a young boy named Pazu, and they go on this journey to discover the origins of this crystal and race against some pirates and some government agents in an attempt to locate this legendary floating castle named Laputa. And I would say that overall, Castle in the Sky is probably a more straightforward and accessible film than Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind was, but that's not to say that Castle in the Sky is inferior in any way. In fact, this and Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind are considered by many to be two of the greatest anime films of all time. When polls and surveys are done, uh, these two movies are generally ranked at the top, uh, kind of alternating places. So both of them uh, are excellent. They're incredibly well done. Uh, but as a fantasy adventure, I felt that the storytelling of Castle in the Sky uh, was just a little bit simpler, a little bit easier to follow, um, and just uh, a lot more fun overall. In fact, as I was watching it, it really brought to mind some of those video games like Uncharted or Tomb Raider, as well as movies like Indiana Jones, where you've got this kind of magical or mystical artifact that leads you to this hidden place, uh, and you're exploring and finding all of these different things. Uh, and that was kind of what came to mind as I was watching it. So if you're into those things, uh, then you would probably really enjoy this movie uh, if fantasy adventure uh, is your style. And, uh, you know, another thing as I was watching it that really stood out to me this time, and I don't think I mentioned it when I was talking about Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, uh, but the design of the aircraft in this film uh, is really interesting. And, you know, it really stood out to me just how inventive and unique these aircraft look. Uh, and so I did a little bit of digging and I, I found out that uh, Miyazaki, as he was growing up, his father was actually someone who owned an aircraft manufacturing company uh, during World War II. And so he has kind of this history of uh, aeronautical engineering and man manufacturing. And uh, as he, when he was a kid, he would actually draw a lot of aircraft. And he, he had a really hard time drawing people, uh, but he was great at drawing airplanes. And so I thought that was really interesting. Uh, and it really ties into what I've noticed watching these movies, which is that kind of these, 
these landscapes are beautiful and the aircraft are so well designed, but oftentimes the actual individual characters can be kind of simple and kind of basic. And that actually comes from the fact that he was great at drawing aircraft when he wanted to be a, ma a manga artist growing up, but he wasn't great at drawing people. So I thought that was a really fun, uh, interesting bit of Miyazaki trivia uh, when we talk about this movie. And speaking of influences, one more for this movie specifically would be Gulliver's Travels, uh, which actually in that book, there is an island called Laputa, and that is where the name and some of the design elements uh, for this castle in the sky came from. So a little bit of influence there. And it's interesting because, you know, I've been teaching English in Japan for quite a while, and there's a big chunk, not a big chunk, but a decent part of some of our English textbooks where they actually talk about uh, the story of Gulliver and his travels and the different influences that it's had over time and how, you know, some of the names in that book were actually inspired by the author's journey through Japan. So it's kind of like this full circle idea where Japan is influencing Gulliver and then the book is influencing this Japanese movie. Uh, and I thought all of that was really fascinating. So a little bit of an aside there. But, um, you know, this movie has some of its own influences, but it has also had a huge impact on popular culture moving forward. You know, I mentioned the the design of some of these airplanes and other aircraft within this movie, you know, in Naushika of the Valley of the Wind, it was definitely the glider. That was kind of a big uh, design element that stood out. And in this movie, we've got the pirates, airship, uh, as well as the airship of the government agents. Uh, and it all looks really cool. And what I found in doing some of the research was that Miyazaki's designs for aircraft were actually a huge inspiration kind of within the steampunk genre. And, uh, you know, steampunk is a word that has been thrown around a lot. And I always had kind of a vague idea of what it meant. Um, but I did actually research what exactly steampunk is for those who don't know. Uh, going off of the Wikipedia definition, steampunk is a retro-futuristic subgenre of science fiction that incorporates technology and aesthetic designs inspired by 19th century industrial steam-powered machinery. Uh, and, you know, sometimes it's associated with things like cyberpunk um, and all of that, like an alternative history of the Victorian era and the American Wild West. So all of these kind of are derived from that genre of steampunk. And so I was looking at kind of the influence of Miyazaki's movies uh, and this one specifically. And that was a big one that stood out was that steampunk genre. And you may actually notice um, or recognize a few of the things uh, that have been inspired by uh, Miyazaki and this film. Uh, just going through a list of them here. Uh, Disney films like Atlantis, The Lost Empire, uh, were influenced by Castle in the Sky, as well as Wally -E and Up. You know, these are movies that have admitted that they were influenced by Miyazaki and Castle in the Sky. And there's a very large video game uh, that some people might recognize called Final Fantasy. And a lot of the aircraft uh, within that video game were actually inspired by the aircraft designs of Miyazaki uh, and this movie, Castle in the Sky. So that's really interesting. Uh, another 
something that was influenced by Castle in the Sky was the manga franchise Full Metal Alchemist, which also has some movies uh, as well. So we just see kind of going all the way back to the 80s and Studio Ghibli and Miyazaki and these films, they're having this huge impact on popular culture moving forward. And I didn't really dive into that so much uh, at the opening of this series, but I wanted to make sure that I mentioned it now, uh, which is that you cannot understate the influence uh, that Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli have had on anime and these different genres and pop culture in general. But you're probably wondering, what did I think of the movie? And I will tell you, I thought that this movie was a lot of fun. And I think I would say it reminded me more of Disney and a little bit less Lord of the Rings. Uh, And I really only have Naushka of the Valley of the Wind to compare it to. Uh, So like I said before, that one was pretty heavy. It had very weighty themes. And this one was just a lot more fun. You know, the the characters are so likable. And as the story progresses, you know, there were a couple of things that I found to be a little bit too convenient where, you know, this girl, Shita, she falls from the sky uh, and she's discovered by Pazu. And it just happens that Pazu's father is someone who had taken a photo of Laputa, the the castle in the sky. He had discovered it uh, while he was out flying around in the past. And I thought, well, that's a very interesting coincidence. Uh, And, you know, just one of those things. And then later on in the movie, uh, they end up in a cave and they stumble across this guy that just happens to be an expert on the specific type of crystal that she has in the kind of amulet around her neck. So there were a couple of things that I found to be a little bit too convenient uh, for this movie. But in general, I thought the film overall was excellent. Of course, the animation is great. Of course, the music is great. Um, You know, that's something that you expect when you hear Studio Ghibli. Um, But the whole journey just came to a very satisfying conclusion. I think it moved uh, a lot quicker, a lot at a much better pace, I would say, than Naushka did. Um, You know, I found that it was fully engaging the entire time. And, you know, I would say that some of the standout characters would definitely be this family of pirates, uh, which have kind of this larger-than-life mom. And I guess all of the pirates are her sons, which is kind of a crazy big family. And there were some things that were a little bit weird with the sons because, you know, this girl, Shita, she can't be much older than, like, 12 or 13. And there's a there's a point in the movie where all of the sons who seem like they're you know, out of their teenage years, a little bit older, they're all kind of fawning over her in this weird way uh, as she later puts on some clothing that belongs to their mother. I don't know if there's a weird mom thing happening there, but the whole scene where they're kind of fawning over her was was a little bit weird. So that was one moment in the movie that kind of threw me off. I was like, this is strange. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, But aside from that hiccup, uh, the rest of the movie was great. Uh, Really enjoyed the journey. Really enjoyed what it all led up to uh, and how it resolves itself. And, uh, you know, the government agents, they are as uh, unlikable as they are meant to be, I think, as the villains of the film. Um, So yeah, I I thought it had some good twists to it as well in the storytelling. So overall, really enjoyed it. I would say that if I was going to watch, you know, one of these again between Naushka of the Valley of the Wind 
and Castle in the Sky. I think I would probably go back to this one, Castle in the Sky, sooner, just because it's more enjoyable overall. And you know, I think that happens with movies sometimes where you can recognize that something is really well done and really profound uh, with some really important themes, but you might not rush back to watch it because it can be a more challenging experience where maybe you'd rather, if you're gonna rewatch something, go back to something that's a little bit more fun, a little bit more enjoyable to watch. And so, yeah, I would say that overall, Castle in the Sky was definitely the more enjoyable film uh, of the two that I've seen so far. But honestly, I would recommend either of them. They're both incredible. And you know, if these are the top two anime films, uh, I don't know where we're going next within Ghibli. Actually, I do. We're going to uh, My Neighbor Totoro, which Totoro is like the icon of Studio Ghibli. So I'm very interested to see this movie, which has this character that I've seen everywhere, but I've never actually seen the film. So I can't wait to meet Totoro for myself next time as I go into the third week of this journey through Ghibli. Um, but yeah, those are my thoughts. If you've seen Castle in the Sky, I would very much like to hear what you thought about it. And if you've watched Naushka of the Valley of the Wind, what do you think between these two films? Which one do you enjoy more? Let me know. Uh, and I can't wait to uh, continue this journey. It's been so much fun. And the last thing I would say about Castle in the Sky is that it's not so much a Japanese story uh, as Naushka of the Valley of the Wind was. And, you know, in, there's, this, there's always this debate, by the way, which I haven't gotten into yet. Uh, and this is a bit of an aside, but the, the debate of subs versus dubs, which is basically, do you prefer watching anime or Japanese films uh, in the original Japanese with English subtitles, or do you prefer uh, to watch the English dub version so that you're focusing on the movie uh, instead of reading through it? And I would say that in general, I definitely prefer the original Japanese language with the English subtitles. However, with this film, you know, the characters are not Japanese characters. And so whereas normally I would find an English voice or an English accent distracting, I think you could actually probably get away with watching this one in the English kind of overdub. I don't think you would lose anything from it. I don't think it would be very distracting other than maybe the characters' mouths moving uh, at a different rate than the words are coming out. But, you know, I accidentally turned on the English dub and it took me a while to even realize that I was watching a dub because it was so smooth. Uh, like I said, I wasn't dealing with that challenge of like looking at a Japanese character with a very American accent. Um, so I don't know, whatever you prefer, but I would say that with this one, you could go either way, but in general, uh, I definitely prefer to listen to it in the Japanese language because A, it seems more authentic Usually there's a bit more emotion conveyed, I think, through the Japanese language. Uh, but also it helps me with my language practice because I like to listen to the Japanese and try to catch some of the words that maybe I've studied before. So anyway, that's my mini aside on subs and dubs in my journey through Ghibli. Like I said, let me know what you think. Let me know if you like subs or dubs. Uh, send me a message. You can always send me a voice message through Anchor. Uh, you can tweet at me or send me a message on Instagram. Uh, my username there is Mace on Movies, uh, as it is in the title of this podcast, so pretty easy to find. Uh, I do love to chat with people about movies. 
Uh, have a lot of fun there on Twitter and Instagram. So leave a comment, send a message. Uh, let's talk about these movies together. And uh, until next time, when we get to my neighbor Totoro, uh, take care, wear a mask, stay safe, uh, and let's be sure to always be kind to one another.